Well, welcome. Uh, welcome back for another OSHA Quick Take. I'm Scott Cuthbert, co-founder of Safepedia, and with me from Khan Masiel Carey is Kate McComb and Bita Lak uh, Lashkari. All right, so I'll, I'll just turn it over to, to Kate and Bita to do quick introductions. All right. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Uh, and thanks to Safepedia for the great work you guys do. It's it's tremendous. And we're glad to partner with you guys. Um, we are excited about uh, the upcoming webinar on combustible dust. Uh, just as a little background, I'm Kate McMahon uh, at Conmasiel Carey. Uh, and myself, along with my colleague and right hand everything, Vita uh, Lascari, will be uh, joining me to do the webinar on combustible dust. Uh, my background is uh, sort of very broad in the occupational safety and health field, and I, rep I represent clients in many different industries. The fun part is to help them build best practices and ensure that they're in compliance, that we also handle, you know, sort of the, the tough stuff, the bad days when there's an accident or an incident. Uh, or even an employee complaint about a hazard. And we help the employer sort of navigate through that. Uh, and so that's uh, that's part of uh, what our practice is. I work with Beta in a lot of areas, including in the area of combustible dust. And I wanna just say, because I know she won't say herself, um, Beta is really our, our law firm's true expert on combustible dust. Beta is a former attorney investigator for the CSB, the Chemical Safety Board, whose mission is to investigate uh, and develop recommendations associated with terribly catastrophic explosions, many of which are from combustible dust. So, um, so we've got some real expertise in-house, and I'm so lucky to have Bita uh, with me uh, in this practice. So Bita, do you want to give an introduction to yourself as well? Oh, gosh, I'm so humbled. Thank you so much, Kate. Um, but yeah, so uh, my name is Vitaj Carey, as Kate mentioned, um, before joining uh, Kamasial Carey, and I'm an associate at Kamasial Carey. Um, uh, I was um, an attorney investigator at the Chemical Safety Board. Um, and just as Kate mentioned, um, the CSB has investigated many, many uh, combustible dust incidents. It was it's part of um, the agency's advocacy priorities. Um, so really happy to uh, um, assist clients um, proactively uh, to to mitigate this hazard and to tackle it. Um, and certainly do a lot of work in, in that area and, and very glad I, um, my uh, my sentiments go out, you know, thousandfold, millionfold to, towards Kate. So very happy to be uh, partnering with Kate um, on, on this uh, really important um, project. Um, we're going to kick things off with uh, Bita and uh, what is combustible gas or dust, sorry. Sure. Yep. No problem, Scott. So yeah, so broadly, um, combustible dust are sort of fine particles that present an explosion um, hazard when they're suspended in air under certain conditions. So um, we typically think of the fire triangle with, you know, the three sides of the triangle being uh, fuel, ignition, and oxygen. So with a dust explosion, we add sort of two more sides to that, that triangle, making an explosion pentagon. Um, and those two extra sides are confinement and dispersion. So um, most, uh, most solid organic materials, as well as many um, metal and some non-metallic inorganic materials, they will um, they'll burn or explode if they're sort of if they're finely divided and then dispersed in sufficient concentrations. 
So, and, and it's even, you know, really seemingly really small amounts of accumulated dust can cause really, really catastrophic uh, damage. So, and when I say, you know, small amounts, it's even as little as there's this, uh, one of the NFPA standard, uh, applicable NF NFPA standards uses them, one thirty second of an inch sort of um, over 5% of a room surface area. And, and just to put one thirty second of an inch in just perspective, that's like the thickness of a paper clip. Um, so, so uh, you know, dust explosions can be either um, primary or secondary. A primary dust explosion occurs when um, when a dust suspension um, within a, like a container or a room or piece of equipment, some confined space, uh, is ignited and explodes. Uh, a secondary explosion occurs when dust um, that's accumulated on floors or other su surfaces like rafters um, is lofted uh, and then ignited by by that primary explosion. So, um, so depending on the extent of the of the of the dust deposits, um, a weak, a, a seemingly weak, you know, primary explosion can cause a very very powerful secondary explosion. And just to make this point, uh, uh, I think it's really important. An important one is, you know, combustible dust hazards are sort of present in a broad spectrum of industries. Uh, that includes like. Food, you know, we've seen sh sugar dust, um, grain, tobacco, plastics, um, wood, paper, pulp, uh, rubber, pesticide, pharmaceutical dyes, um, coal, metal uh, industries. So, um, so I think a lot of, there's a lot of misconception about what kinds of dusts are combustible, but um, but it, it is it does exist in a broad broad array of industries. Great. Yeah, I I didn't didn't realize that myself, but uh, that's that's good to know. So so Kate, does OSHA have a combustible dust standard? Uh, no, Scott. Uh, it does not for general industry. Anyway, it does have one industry specific standard that addresses combustible dust, and that's for the grain handling uh, industry. At 1910.272, the standards are set forth for combustible dust and grain handling. But for the rest of the industries, all, all the industries uh, that Pita just mentioned, there is not a regulatory standard that applies to combustible dust. The agency has kind of a interesting history on the development of a combustible dust standard. Um, it is not that it's lost on them. They did start down, you know, the effort uh, uh, to make the, the rulemaking, the long rulemaking road to make a com uh, combustible dust standard in 2009, over a decade ago, um, but the agency has not gotten to the stage yet of a proposed rule. The next stage in this rulemaking that did get started around 2009 was the Sabrifa process. That's where small business gets to weigh in on a standard kind of early on, a preliminary draft standard. Um, but that Sabrifa process was postponed several times. And in fact, in 2017, in the spring regulatory agenda, OSHA withdrew the rulemaking uh, process or proposal to create a combustible dust standard in general industry, in, uh, indicating that there were resource constraints and other priorities. I think one of the issues that we understand OSHA faced is this is a very challenging rule to promulgate. For one of the reasons is, as Bita was describing, and by the way, Bita, my colleague, um, is a true 
expert in the area of combustible dust, having worked at the Chemical Safety Board, at the agency that is designed to investigate these sorts of uh, explosion hazards. And so as an attorney investigator there, he has lots of experience and really has a tremendous knowledge base in the area. So we're really lucky to have Beta with our law firm to help us through navigate, you know, combustible dust issues, because even though OSHA doesn't have a combustible dust compliance standard, it does have and has been very focused on uh, combustible dust enforcement actions. It has a national emphasis program on combustible dust, which it uses regularly to inspect facilities and to issue citations uh, or that ultimately may result in the issuance of a citation, either under the general duty clause, OSHA's 5A1 standard, or a, a myriad of specific standards. We've seen enforcement actions under not only general duty, but the walking working services standard, which includes housekeeping requirements, material handling and storage standards. Um, there have been housekeeping violations issued for storage areas. Uh, there's also the ventilation standard, PPE standards, electrical standards, PIT standards, even signs, safety signage standards, HASCOM standards, the egress standard, fire pretension, uh, prevention standard. And so OSHA does have uh, enforcement teeth on combustible dust, even though it doesn't have its own standard. Uh, in just to give you a little background on stats here, in 2018, the wood and food products industries made up about, on average, 70% of the materials involved in combustible dust fires and explosions. And incident reports indicate that the majority of the industries involved in combustible dust haz hazards are wood processing, ag and food production, lumber production. Um, but that doesn't mean there aren't others. We've seen others. Um, so I just want to emphasize the importance of addressing and dealing with combustible dust. And also, you know, note uh, for those of you who may be uh, in these industries, OSHA revamped their emphasis uh, program in, earlier this year in January 2023 and set forth a new approach for locating and inspecting subject establishments. So commercial bakeries, print ink manufacturing, cut stock, resawing lumber, leather and hide tanning uh, and finishing, truss manufacturing, and grain and field bean merchant wholesaler industries were added to the Combustible Dust National Emphasis Program based on OSHA finding a higher likelihood of combustible dust hazards in those industries or having experienced combustible dust fatalities or uh, catastrophes. So since 2007, about 600 inspections annually are conducted under this NEP. Uh, if you're in one of those industries, it is really imperative to not lose sight of this. Dust, to my mind, is one of, is probably the most challenging, in some ways, the most challenging hazard that you face in your industry because it seems innocuous. Bita was mentioning is the thickness of a paperclip. It seems like it is no big deal. And I've been in plenty, plenty, plenty of manufacturing facilities where there's just dust from the manufacturing operations, right? Or from outside or wherever. It doesn't take much to cause a major, major catastrophic incident. So heed the warning to be focused on this and, um, 
that's what we're going to talk about when we do our our uh, webinar. Yeah, that's some some great advice. And uh, so so Bita, how does OSHA use its general duty clause uh, authority to issue citations and and combustible uh, for combustible dust hazards? Yeah, it's a great question, Scott. So um, really, it does it by referencing NFPA standards. I know I alluded to those earlier, but, um, you know, NFPA standards, um, the one that one of the main ones that comes to mind is, is NFPA 654, which is called, you know, the standard for prevention of dust, of fire and dust explosions from the manufacturing, processing and handling of combustible particulate solids. So, um, so for OSHA to prove a violation of a general duty clause, uh, under the under the general duty clause, um, and this is for any type of general duty clause citation, but it has to prove um, four elements. One, you know that the that the employer failed to keep the workplace free of um, a, a hazard to which employees um, um, were exposed. Number two, being that the hazard was recognized. Uh, number three, the hazard was cause was causing or was likely to cause a death or serious injury uh, and for um, that there were feasible feasible and useful methods uh, to correct the hazard. So um, in the NEP that Kate was uh, describing, OSHA states that, you know, um, a citation under the general duty clause uh, may be issued for um, fires, deflagrations and explosion hazards that may be caused by combustible dust um, sort of within a dust collection system or other equipment, um, including things like mixers, dryers, silos, um, bucket elevators, or, or mills. Um, and it states, you know, and I'm quoting here, it says, you know, the NFPA standards, which represent the opinions of experts familiar with combustible dust hazards, are useful in providing evidence of industry recognition of the hazard. So that's element number two, uh, and potential feasible means of abatement. So that's um, element number four. So really it's it's that that referencing that it's, the NFP standards are sort of like a hook um, and that sort of provides some basis for, for OSHA to issue general duty clause citations for the hazard. Good, so, so Kate, the million dollar question is, uh, what should employers do to mitigate the hazards and, and reduce enforcement risks? Okay, so um, what I want to say is call Bita, uh, but but uh, aside from that, or in addition to that, um, follow NFPA standards. Bita just described. We don't have an OSHA regulatory standard. We do have guidance. They're not, you know, NFPA does not have enforcement authority. But as Bita just described, OSHA can use the general duty clause to essentially enforce NFPA standards. So it's critical that you follow NFPA standards that apply to your industry. Now, I will warn you, the NFPA standards are lengthy, they're complex, they have a lot of requirements, um, at a minimum, to not scare you know the audience. Um, basically, in a nutshell, employers need to identify whether the dust in their facilities is in fact combustible or explosible. And the way that's done is through testing. So you take samples and you know, experts exist that can help you decide how to take the, know how to do, you know, sample correctly. Um, experts are available to do testing. You all can learn it yourselves as well. Um, you know, BT has lots of resources available, but basically you sample your dust, you test it to see if it is explosible or combustible, 
If it's not, you're good and you keep a record of that. If it is, you need to start what's called a DHA, a dust hazard analysis. It's a long process, um, but basically it's essentially a systemic review to identify and evaluate once that there's, we know there's combustible or explosible dust in your facility, you identify and evaluate the potential for fires, flash fires, or explosions. Uh, and then once those hazards are identified, the DHA essentially develops recommendations on how to control those hazards, including, you know, this is stuff that'd be familiar to safety professionals, engineering and administrative controls, PPE, housekeeping measures, those sorts of things. And those are outlined in the DHA. And then you implement your DHA and you've made your, your facility a much, much safer place from a combustible dust standpoint. Great. So that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Sounds... It does not sound overly uh, simple. So uh, I think we'll definitely encourage everybody to tune into the full webinar on, on December 7th. Again, I think it's 1 p.m. Eastern. And Kanmasiel uh, Carey, uh, Abita, and Kate will do a deep dive and, and walk you through, uh, <clears throat> through these uh, combustible dust uh, issues in a lot more detail. So thank you guys so much for joining today. Really appreciate it. And definitely encourage everybody to uh, sign up for the webinar on December 7th. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you all. See you in December. Bye-bye.